wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome! Get yourself a soda, maybe a tub of popcorn, some milk duds perhaps, as Saturday morning pajamas presents at the matinee. I'm your host, Jax, and no, you're not hearing double. This is the second episode of this weekend. I decided, since I had a rare occasion to actually go see two movies at the cinema on one day, I would go up and just do two different episodes this weekend, give my listeners a choice about what movie they wanted to see, and hit them discuss it more in the comments of the blog post at nonoms.net. So, without further ado, let's get into the first movie I saw, The Conjuring 2. Now, before I go much further, I was going to try and do this without too many spoilers, but I just can't. So, if you haven't seen the movie yet, let me just give you my glowing recommendation that this is a great movie to go see. Yes, there are jump scares, but it really has a great story. It's a little trippy. Definitely recommend you go see this. That said, if you haven't watched this yet, stop right here. Go watch the movie. Come back, because from here on out, we're going to be talking about the plot and the spoilers, and I don't want to ruin this for you. Okay. Let me hear you let go. They're gone? Okay, cool. Now it's just us who've seen the movie, and let's go from here. So the film revolves around Lauren and Lorraine, can't talk, Lorraine and Ed Warren. They are the paranormal investigators from the first Conjuring film. They are also real people who did the investigation at the Amityville house in the late 70s. If you've seen the movie The Haunting in Connecticut, uh, I did years ago. Oh, excuse me. I was up late working. <laughs> uh, they were also the ones who investigated The Haunting in Connecticut, though when I saw that movie some years ago, I don't remember if the Warrens really mentioned that much or how prominent they were. Either way, first off, all the movies based on these investigations are really good. Uh, but yes, this is based on a real couple, and the majority of the based on a true story from these movies all comes from the fact that real people investigated these. The methods that they investigated, I'm going to guess, are 90% true. And then what actually happened during the biggest investigations, mm, I'm going to give that a grain of salt just because this is Hollywood. We want to see a real movie. Uh, if you see in the movie Ghost Hunters and you see them just yelling at an empty attic and nothing happening, I'm guessing that was a law of the investigation as well. Because, you know, I'm a fucking ghost. I'm not going to go by your measly little timeline and ooh, you have cameras here. No. I'm going to do my own thing. So, if there were ghosts, I'm not saying there were, that is just, you know, I'm going to guess that all the actual paranormal stuff is a little bit hearsay. It's, you know, we saw this, we don't know. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying the movies were enjoyable. So now, the plot. Again. <laughs> The movie starts out in Amityville. Lorraine and Ed are investigating this. Um, it's like 1976, and Lorraine does this thing where she's able to have visions. Well, while at the Amityville house, she sees this demon. It's dressed in a nun's habit and really needs some dental work or something because the mouth is creepy. Um, but basically, the demon scared her so much that... She didn't want to go. She, she wanted to cool it for a while. It just made her really worried. And she asked her husband, Ed, 
can we we can do the talks, we can do the tours, all that, but no more actual investigations. It's you know it's too hard on me, and she is asking to trust her. Fair enough, you know, this is something to be respected. Yeah. Okay, so a year later, yeah, that goes out the window. <laughs> a year later in England, um, somewhere in London, there is this mom Peggy who has four kids. A daughter who's 13, a daughter who's 11, and two sons, which are like nine and something else. I'm not really sure. The reason I'm not really sure is, for the most part, the kid, besides the 11-year-old girl, the rest of the kids are there for set pieces in this movie. We need this line. We need this scene. We need you to fulfill this. There really were four kids in the real, in the real family, and these really are about their ages as in the movie, so, you know, again, another little true to uh, life feature there. Uh, it's just we really are not given as much character development as we are with. Well, we get a tiny bit of development with Janet, the 11 year old, and a tiny bit of development with Peggy, the mom. But the other kids, we just get little, you know, here is you. You are the youngest child. You will have a stutter. Okay, we're good. You, you're the oldest daughter. You care about your younger sister. Okay, good. That's work. We're done there. You know, it's it doesn't really go very far in the characters. And normally, I am not a big fan when movies do that. For this movie, we're not concentrating on the other kids. We're concentrating on the haunting that's going on. So I'll let it slide, <laughs> like I was say. So one night, um, the, well, the family's been through some turmoil. Turmoil. Uh, the dad left the family. Um, I'm going to phrase it. The dad started a new family with a neighbor down on the block while still with this one. So, divorce. And so the family's going through some troubles. There's not enough money. The mother's fighting with the council about the home and be able to pay rent and all this. It's a lot going on. The kids know it. And, you know what? Kids find... Apparently in the 70s, you played with really creepy toys and you found ways to keep yourself entertained. Still will never play that clap game from the first Conjuring. I don't remember much of that movie, but I remember no clap game. So the well, the oldest, the second oldest daughter, Janet, she's 11, and her and her friend Camilla, they for a reason decided to make a Ouija board. Uh, I think it looked to me like they took like an old cereal box and just like made the board on the backside, or, like opened it up and all that. Um, and one night, Janet decides to play it with her sister. And they're just like, are there any spirits you want to talk? Um, is dad coming home? Is there any spirits you want to talk? Nothing. They then put the Ouija board under the bed with the little, I don't know what the thing's called, but the things the thing you put your fingers on that moves around with the ghost activity and all that. Uh, they put that under the bed just with that all together. And that's the almost the last we see the Ouija board. I gotta tell you, I was totally expecting a scene where they just showed the bed that Ouija board, the thing moving around. Never did. The next time we see the Ouija board is when the mother discovers it and blames it for all the creepy stuff that's happened and rips it apart. That's it. So after that night, Janet starts having weird experiences. She wakes up downstairs in the living room. Not sure why. When she goes upstairs, her bedroom door is still locked. That's not how she got out. Then things progress to the TV changing channels on its own. And eventually her seeing an old, a ghost of an old man. This freaks her out. And 
you know, no one really believes her. And even her elder sister thinks, like, she's crazy. Except then what happens next is while she's freaking out in her room, her older, all, she's sitting on her bed, all of a sudden the bed starts shaking in the air, moving around. Mm, if you saw the Frighteners, basically the old, the good old stuff that Michael J. Fox's minions were told to do to scare people to get him money at the beginning. <laughs> so that freaks her out. They call the mom. The mom comes in, finds the Ouija board, thinks they're just scaring each other. Rips it in half, and then the dresser flies across the room and scares the shit out of everyone in the house. They go get a neighbor. Neighbor comes back with the police, and a few other creepy things happen while they're all there. So now two police, a policeman, a policewoman, the neighbor, and the family all believes what's going on. Next step, apparently, is you need to call the church to perform an exorcism, and the church has to sign off on this. And apparently because of bad publicity, the church doesn't want to be anywhere near something that's seen as a hoax. So they ask the Warrens to go and be their impartial ears and eyes and find proof. Okay, the Ed talks Lorraine into doing this and they go, It's a nice family, but Lorraine just can't find anything freaky. She just, you know, she knows the family's afraid, but that's all she could feel. So we're just going to shorten this a little and say cue scenes of the Warrens helping out the family, hanging out with the family. Uh, Ed helps like fix like a leaky sink and some other maintenance around the house. Um, Lorraine spends time with the kids. They try and make everything happy so it's a happy atmosphere. And what do we have next? But the some other people are called in. It has been called in as well. We have this other... Oh gosh, I can't remember the guy Morris or something who was his name. This was the first movie I saw yesterday, so I'm trying to remember like specifics, and it's coming out a little jumbled. <laughs> Hopefully not as bad as the X-Men episode was. Okay, so he's there, and then they have a skeptic, um, and they, you know, they're working with them, and they get sound equipment, they get video equipment. There's actually a really creepy scene, which I'm surprised they didn't. They use video equipment for this, but basically they had. Janet sit in the in this chair in the corner of the house and put water in her mouth, and then that way they could prove the spirit was speaking through her and not Janet speaking. Well, apparently the spirit is shy, so everybody has to turn away. And so there's this really creepy part where they're asking questions and they hear this old man's voice come out of Janet's mouth, uh, or come from Janet, because when they turn back around, she has spit the water, but she's that's when she spits the water out. Um, should be told, you know, no one's watching. She, you know, the skeptic half point. She could have spit the water out before everyone turned around, but we have what you have, and it was still a really great scene. In eventually, when they get the video equipment, um, because it took a while for no reason, they actually catch what looks like Janet faking a paranormal experience. She's like throw, flipping tables, throwing plates, all that. And so everyone's like, you know what? The only proof we found is that she's faking. We have to leave. The Warrens have to leave because they they want to believe the family. They think something's going on. But because the only proof they've been able to find is a fake, they have to go. And so everyone leaves and the family moves back in the house that night because if I truly believe this, I would totally stay in that house right that night. Right. I get console, I get money, but they're staying with, they were staying with friends for a little bit too, so that kind of makes me think, why aren't you still there? I digress. 
while Ed and Lorraine are leaving, they get this sudden great idea to check something else. And the audio recordings. And they actually found out the old man that Janet had been seen. He was just a cover for the actual demon. Who is this demon? The fucking one from Amityville. So you're telling me that a year before all this shit started, there was a demon that Lorraine saw that, whatever reason, transported across the pond just in the, in the uh, eventual case where Lorraine might come back there. Okay. Plot holes. Plot holes. So she gets over there. So they go back, run back to the house, and at some point, the Lorraine had heard the demon's name. She says it, and that defeats the demon. Apparently, the demon and can follow the same rules. Um, so everyone's saved, and the end. We're all good. And that's about it. Now we're all good. Want to more my thoughts? Well, take a break for a couple moments, and I'll be back after these quick messages from some of my great friends. Hey, guys. This is Bill. This is Phineas. And together, we're the Tattooed Bananas. We do a comedy podcast, and on our comedy podcast, we talk about all kinds of wacky crap. Like nutscaping. I'll tuck you in tonight. Turning your funeral into a funeral. Can I have an ice pop? Can I have a candy? Dick fishing, furniture banging, and so much more. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and connect with us with the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Yeah, don't forget to check out the Instagram. Throw a bag of bagels at someone's head. we're back. So now for my thoughts on the movie. Overall, I really thought it was enjoyable. I really do encourage everyone to go see this. Uh, if you are into movies of this nature, not really gory. It's more suspense. There are quite a few jump scares, some which actually got me, and I'm usually very good at um, knowing jump scares are coming. Uh, what got me, though, is I was expecting a jump scare to come from a completely different area, and then... Nope, it came, it came, it caught me off guard for where it came from. So very creative. I thought the girl who played Janet did just an amazing job. She was really, really good in this role. So I really encourage you to check that, uh, you know, to you know, see what else she's in. If she does anything more, give her a shot. As well, I found that during the end credits, they actually showed pictures and played some of the recording from the original investigation. Uh, some of these made me go, okay, I can kind of see where the naysayers are coming from. Other ones made me go, okay, that's kind of creepy. And then most of them just made me go, they did a really good job recreating the sets. So I think that actually is something to know about when you're, you know, checking this out. So, yes, it's a very good movie. Uh, a few critiques I do have, well, not critiques, but, okay, so hear me out. House is being haunted. They go and stay with neighbors. At some point, once the Warrens get there, it's just the mom and Janet in the house with the Warrens while they investigate. And then at some point, just all the kids move back in. Okay, we're still under investigation, but whatever. Why are you stopping this at the Christmas tree? I've been told by the friend I went with that, well, they're trying to preserve a sense of normalcy. I'm just seeing an extra projectile in the home with a lot of extra glass and shit to clean up and break. So, you know, I know it's Christmas, but still, that just made me go, let's stop and put up the tree. Another thing was when Ed was doing some repairs around the house that needed to be done for Peggy. The Apparently, the washing machine had broken. 
and the basement's like half flooded. So it's December. Okay, it's like a few days to Christmas, and he sees the pipe in the middle of this flooded basement that's leaking, so he needs to go fix it. It's like, it's evening, so it's dark, so it could be anywhere from like 6 to 7 or 8 or something at night. So he decides to wade through the water to repair this pipe in the freezing cold. It's like snowing a day later or something. I'm like, dude, hypothermia, wait, get like some uh, wellies or something. Get some rubber boots to help something. But no, you go to help him. And we had a jump scare while we're down there. Um, really creepy one, too. As well, let's see here. What else is there? It's quite a great movie. And I said that before. <laughs> Overall, I'm just going to go out there and say, you know what, check it out, and then let me know what you think. Did you like, you know, in the, why don't you go out, I swear I can talk, I've just, two movies in one night, and then up working all night on these, <laughs> takes a lot. So, you know what, let me know, let's end here, let me know what you think. Leave a comment in the blog post at nonoms.net, that's www.nonoms.net, let me know what you think of the movie. Did you see it? Did you like it? Do you think the first one's better? Do you think they're faking? Do you think it's real? You know, what were your favorite parts? What's another movie I should see? Let me know all this in the comments at the blog post. I'd love to hear it. I'd also like to invite everyone, if you're not already subscribed, to check out Audible. You can get a free 30-day trial, which will include one free audiobook per month, and you get to keep even if you cancel. And there's discounts on over 180,000 other books while you're a member. Get Audible, decide you don't like it, cancel it, books yours to keep, decide to keep it going, starts as low as $15 a month. Great thing to listen to when you're allowed to listen to myself or some of these other great podcasts that I've mentioned during our little segment uh, break. I also want to say hello to all my friends on TuneIn, iTunes, Podbean Player, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. You all are listening right there. You know, yours are great uh, ways to listen to podcasts. If you're not listening on any of these services, well, check them out. You know, for example, Google Play Music is fairly, fairly new. Um, you can discover us and many others. It's uh, free to listen. Though, if you want to have no ads, you want to have a little bit more control, plus have YouTube Red, it's only $10 a month. I don't get paid if you sign up for YouTube Red, just, you know, for you know, full disclosure. I'm just saying, my uh, subscription through YouTube Red ad ended two days ago. And already I am contemplating getting it back because I hate commercials. <laughs> the um, last thing here is if you like the show at all, even just the biddle, biddle. I am making up new words. I am like J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, God, I need sleep. If you like this show even a little, why not consider becoming a patron over at Podbean? More details are at nonoms.net in the blog post. Well, that's it for today. Until next time, be weary of the demons.